as I said earlier, Phil did a phenomenal job, you know, talking to us on Sunday and, and reminding us about the fact that, you know, uh, there's going to be trouble in our world, there's going to be trouble in our, in our lives. And, you know, sometimes God is, is kind of setting us up for a, uh, a victory, uh, but we got we to gotta go through some things. And, um, you know, I appreciate Peter's prayer. Um, you know, we've, we've got, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot that's going on uh, thus far this year. And then to see the crazy earthquake and, and Turkey and uh, just unbelievable. Um, <clears throat> my, you know, heart goes out to, to those victims and, and you know and uh, <clears throat> if that weren't enough you, you know you, you see the situation in Memphis and uh, I, I've only been able to watch it one time because I was just like you gotta be kidding me um, you know guys we we know that we're not in control yet uh, sometimes we can we can forget um, that you know God does give people um, free will. People can make choices that ultimately hurt other people, and and we don't know why he, he allows certain things to happen. Why he didn't you know stop this or provide that or or whatnot. And uh, and so tonight I I want to hone in. And, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, you got this this panoramic view and I, I want to kind of take our lens and I want to hone it in and focus it like um, Phil did with that uh, ladybug. I thought that was really cool. And I want us to just look at Jesus for a minute and um, see how he was convincing um, Jesus was a convincer. You know, he came to this world and part of what he was doing was he wanted to show people who God was. Uh, God allowed him to do miracles to show the world that he was who he says he was. You know, um, uh, how many of us are, um, uh, how many of us watch uh, the, the Chosen? Uh, great, great show that they've uh, done and, uh, you know, depicting Jesus's life, the early disciples getting into to the life. Um, I went the other day to watch the finale of the uh, season three, and I mean, it was unbelievable. And as I was sitting down thinking, wow, how can you watch somebody who couldn't hear or couldn't speak. And this man puts his hands on them, says a prayer, and you don't then just bow down and, and believe whatever he says. Um, you know, people born blind, people, you know, dying. And so in this movie, they, they show these miracles. And I'm just sitting there thinking, man, that, that is amazing. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, I want to ask you to turn your Bibles to John chapter 11. Tonight we're going to uh we're going to we're going to kind of jump into a story here and then afterwards 
have some time um, amongst our, our, our groups to have some discussion. But um, there was a situation that was very, very confusing for uh, a couple of sisters in, in, in their family. And, and Jesus came and convinced the confused, you know, and guys, there's a lot of belief and talk about uh, the Bible, about God, about all kinds of things, and people are confused, and, you know, God's given us his word to allow us to help clear confusion by, by showing the truth, and so Let's look at this situation, and uh, and as we go through this, I, I want you to think about your uh, relationship with God. I want you to think about just, you know, as a disciple, um, how, how convincing am I? John chapter 11, verse 32, we'll start here. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Verse 34, where have you laid him? He asked, come and see, Lord, they replied. Jesus wept. You know, that's the shortest verse in the Bible. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, could not he who opened the eyes of the blind man have kept this man from dying? Verse 38, Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. But Lord, said Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time there is a bad odor for he has been there four days. Then Jesus says, did I not tell you that if you believe you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you, I knew that you always hear me, but I say this for the benefit of the people standing here that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called out in a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the, take off the grave clothes and let him go. <clears throat> so brothers, here's the situation. Jesus was basically a few miles away and word was sent to him from the, this family that his brother, their friend, uh, Jesus' friend Lazarus was sick and, and not doing well. And so instead of Jesus jumping up and running over there, the Bible says he stayed where he was at for two days. And consequently, Lazarus dies. And when early in the chapter you read it, you know, Jesus was kind of making a point that, hey, you know what? God's going to be glorified through this situation. You know, one thing, I, as I said earlier, 
we have to remember as we read the scriptures, Jesus was sent by God to be the chief persuader. He was on a mission to convince. And in John chapter 11, verse 32 through 44, he's faced with grief. And, you know, grief is one of the most traumatic afflictions of faith any human being can experience. You know, we've had grief here uh, recently. Um, it says the sisters of La the, the sisters of Lazarus had watched their brother die when Jesus failed to arrive, and they were plunged into deep grief, which coupled with doubt. And this grieving doubt had an emotional effect on Jesus. This is one of the things that I love about him. As the scripture says in John eleven thirty three 33 and, and in 38, the Bible says he was deeply moved. You know, Jesus was not afraid to share his emotions. He wasn't afraid to express uh, tears. And, you know, it's funny. I think sometimes we really think that by not crying in front of people, like we're doing something, we're accomplishing. I mean, I think, wow, that is, that's really, it's really interesting. But Jesus was in touch. It says, these sisters, uh, Mary and Martha had sent word saying to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. Sick. When Jesus received the message, he said, this sickness will not end in death, but then stay where he was two more days. His delay and then the death of Lazarus created enormous grief. But he allowed it, and there was a reason. And guys, it says it here, because in his word, it's for God's glory. What? So in other words, think about this. The pain associated with the grief was necessary to convince and create the conviction of faith in those who would be touched by this approaching miracle. You know, this word convince, it means to cause someone to believe something or to do something. And in this moment of traumatic grief, which was born out of delay, Jesus had to convince those who had counted on him but been disappointed by his timing. See, the delay only mattered because they were limiting the power of Jesus to heal the sick. Because it was unimaginable that he could raise the dead. In fact, when Jesus arrived and asked them to move the stone so he could raise Lazarus from the dead, Martha's unbelief was so profound, she said, but Lord, by this time, there's a bad odor for he has been there four days. And even though Martha was a disciple of Jesus, she was not fully convinced 
of who he was and nor was her sister Mary. And see, we got to remember something about Jesus. All he needed to do was say the word. Say the word, Jesus. Just say the word. All he needed to do was say the word. And he did. He said, Lazarus, come out. The Bible then tells us that the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. The Lord then finished with what he says, take off the grave clothes and let him go. You know, brothers, when we are confused or when we face emotional trauma like grief, it's super, super important that we decide to ultimately trust God and realize that his delay is not discard or uh, he, he doesn't care. As I said before, when we believe that we know how something should go and what should happen and then this and that, we, we're literally, we're playing God or we're trying to play God. And, you know, sometimes we, we, you know, we get ahead of ourselves and we forget. No, we don't call the shots. <laughs> no, we're, we're, we're a part of this and, and God is in control. And, and it, again, it takes that, that trust to, to surrender and um, not try to, you know, uh, determine what's going to happen. You know, guys, God is always working to convince people that he's real and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Because what he wants more than anything else is God wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. And see, we see here in this illustration, in the story of Lazarus, um, that as a result of what happened, it says many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and who had seen what Jesus did believed in him as well. You know, right now there could be opportunities or I should say challenges that are, that we're facing. And because we're not seeing them in the right perspective, we're not a, a, a aware that God is trying to do something to not just help us or cause us to grow, but it's to help other people around us. Because he sent him here for a reason. In a similar way, he, he's done the same thing for us. But if we aren't spiritually set, if we, if we aren't thinking spiritually, if we're not seeing this and seeing life from his perspective, then, hey, we just think, oh, wow, you know, this happened and this is terrible and this is bad. And, and it is. I mean, you know, grief and, and, and losing loved ones is, is really tough. You know, um, I got to be honest, the other day, I, you know, when after Frank's uh, burial, 
you know, I came home and, um, and it just hit me somehow. I, I just got really, really sad. I'm like, he is gone, man. And, you know, and I, I and sometimes when I get like that, I, I start cleaning up. So I came home, I changed my clothes. I, uh, I started taking the garbage out and I was like, what is going on here? And I just realized it's like that, that grief, it, it hits you, that realization. And, and, you know, I had to go back to, for the, for the repast, but it was, it, it, it just, it, it, it does something to us. And especially when we're alone, when we're alone, when, when, the, when the dust, when the dust settles and, and life kind of, you know, it gets really quiet. Uh, we're, we're left with, with ourselves. And here's a couple of things I want to encourage you to do when, when that happens or uh, we have these challenges. This is where we have to go back to God in his word. And, uh, you know, this scripture, I want to ask you to take a look at it. And in the chat, I want you to, you know, you can, you know, you, we all know this passage and, and I'm going to read it real quick. but. I want you to put in the chat your reasons to be convinced of God's love. Okay. Romans 8, I'm going to read verse 37 30, and 38. It says, No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor neither angels nor demons, neither the present or the future or any other powers, neither the height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So, bro, I want you to think about this. What reasons in this passage and just in your life are you convinced of God's love? Let's, let's encourage each other. Let's put, put it in the chat. What, what, are, what are your reasons? to be convinced of God's love. Let's just take a moment and encourage each other. Put that in the chat. Um, another passage to consider, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 14 and 15. Um, examine, you know, look at your faith that Jesus died and rose from the dead. How convinced are you about that? And then 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 through 17. You know, we all know this passage, right? How convicted are you that the scripture is God's word? See, to whatever degree you have deep convictions about these things is going to determine how convincing you are in your walk with God and with those around you. See, Jesus was convincing because he was deeply convicted about who he was, why he came, and he understood even when he was going to die and he would tell the disciples and they wouldn't get it. But he, he understood it. He was convicted about it. And when he spoke, people listened. 
when he was just amongst the people that they, they, they could see, man, this guy is different. Thousands of years after he walked this earth, no name holds the same significance as the name of Jesus. See, what we should be asking ourselves today is whether as his people, whether as men of God, are we convincing as him? And the answer will be found in these two questions. Number one, how deep is our conviction? Uh-oh, a little typo there. Conviction, too many eyes. <laughs> Uh, how deep is our conviction that God loves us, sent his son to die on the cross, and then raised him from the dead? How convinced are you about that fact? And the second question you got to ask yourself, how deep is your conviction that the Holy Scriptures are God's words, God's word? passed on to you and I so that we can continue to convince the world and uh, as well as future generations. See, how convinced are you? How convicted are you about that? See, I think sometimes we have to stop and maybe we got to get reconvicted again. Maybe we got to stop and think about, wow, here's where I was at. Here's what I believe. Then I heard this message. Then it changed my thinking about this. Then I saw this in this brother's life. Then I saw this in this family over here. Then I saw, and man, the word of God works. You know, some of us, we've come from, you know, homes that were, were broken or marriages that, that didn't exist or, or didn't work very well. And we are now experiencing the blessings of following God's word. Some of us have overcome addictions, whether it's you know uh, sexual addictions, um, uh, food addictions, uh, drug and alcohol addiction. How did that happen? Not just by chance. No, it was what you believed. You heard something. You believed what God said, and then you began to practice. And then, wham, look at what happened. How deep is your conviction that the Holy Scriptures are God's word? God's word will not come back void. What about us? You know, life teams, you know, we're extending the word. We want to help men. You know, brothers, I'm excited this year we are going to have about three events that are all geared towards reaching men. And uh, some of you are gonna be definitely helping uh, with some of this, but we're gonna, we're gonna reach men uh, here in the Garden State. Uh, I love that, you know, uh, hey, we started this year out and there's already been a campus student, a single man and a married man baptized into Christ. You know, I'm, I believe that should be the norm. I believe that, that that shouldn't be kind of once in a while. No, but part of that happening is that the word has to be 
shared. People, men have got to get in the word. Brothers, without deep conviction on these two questions, it's going to be difficult to be as convincing as Jesus. So I want to encourage us tonight. Let's become more deeply convinced ourselves the way that Jesus was convinced. And let us be so convincing that it's frightening that people say, whoa, 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 there's something different about that guy. And what's different is that we spent time with Jesus, that we are proud to be Jesus's disciples extending the good news everywhere we go. Amen. Let's uh, close out in a word of prayer and we will be done. Let's pray together. Our God in heaven, I'm so grateful that you give us this opportunity to come together as men, fathers, uncles, cousins, brothers, all of the different hats that we wear. God, we ask that you would help us to be more convicted by these those questions that, that we do believe that Jesus was sent here to earth by you, that he died and that you raised him from the dead. And that because of that, Father, we too not only can live a new life, we, we are living a new life. We are living that, that life that we eat, we dreamt of. And God, you've allowed us to experience the, uh, the, your divine nature, that we're not the people that we used to be and that you've molded our characters and you've helped us. And Father, there's so much more that you want us to do. I pray that we would have deep convictions about studying your word with other men that don't know you, that there won't be years that go by and months that, no, we're going to bag that, we're going to stop that, and we're going to make time to help some other man get to know who you are, that it might save his marriage, it may save his relationship with his kids or, or, or others, but ultimately that he can come to know who you are. Father, thank you again for all that you're doing. Thank you for uh, blessing us in the ways that you have. I pray again that you would move in a powerful, powerful way. And it's in your son Jesus' name I pray. Amen.